Oh, welcome in to a daily editorial here on the KE Report. I am chatting with Chris Temple, founder and editor of The National Investor. And Chris, I want to start off by talking about the Fed. We had Fed minutes yesterday. We have more Fed speakers today. And overall, those Fed minutes yesterday, again, just drive home the fact that the Fed is saying that they can be patient. They are not trying to, or it doesn't sound like they're going to try to force through any rate hikes just to get some rate hikes done. That was at least my takeaway from those Fed minutes. Can you break down what you thought of them, please? Well, it was funny, Corey, because a few cynics after they came out were suggesting that Jerome Powell had the minutes massaged somewhat to better fit the new narrative than maybe they did at the time. But whether you want to go that far and believe that semi-conspiracy theory or not, the fact is that just about everybody is singing off the same song sheet now. Uh, we will we will likely not see a rate hike until at least the middle of the year, unless something really drastic changes between now and then for the better. We, you know, we get back to, uh, toward the old highs for stocks, the trade war is over, etc. Uh, barring that, the Fed is on the sidelines as far as rate hikes are concerned. If we see any further deterioration, in the markets than what we saw last month. They'll revisit the balance sheet. And so most everybody knows that the Fed, as it often does, uh, is going to kowtow to the markets if the markets throw a big enough fit. Yeah, that's pretty much what the Fed has said. And it's interesting to see just how, maybe not quickly, but how much the Fed is saying, you know what, we're not going to be cutting rates. That's one thing I think that's important to note, but they're going to be very much in a pause waiting for what it sounds like is the market to tell them what to do. Is that what you're pretty much thinking? Well, you know, it's waiting for the market to tell them what to do. Yes, they've got to pay attention to that some. And I and I said way back from day one when Powell first got in there that he was of a mind to tighten policy until the market forced him to stop. Well, the market just forced him to at least pause. And everybody knows that. He finally admits it himself. And so the Fed for the near term is off the table, at least as far as any negative factor is concerned. It's very much a stretch at this point in time to say the Fed is going to turn right around and cut rates. They certainly don't want to do that. Um, what they do want to do is get us into the kind of a market environment that Powell himself has articulated more than once, where you have a two-way market again. You have asset prices based on fundamentals and on price discovery and not on the Fed's thumb being on the scale like we've seen for most of the last decade. That's not a terrible thing. Um, the question a lot of people have had in their minds is with the experiment of quantitative easing, having levitated all of these asset prices, some of them to dangerous levels, again, especially corporate debt, uh, is quantitative tightening now, slight that it is so far, in relative terms, going to also lead to a reversal of that. And we've certainly seen that in the last year. We've seen a lot of things come off the boil. The Fed was of a mind to continue down that road until recent you know, weeks and, and the last few months when the stresses, especially overseas, were opening up and were finally getting to be too many and too big to ignore. And so we have that unwritten third mandate of the central bank, uh, which even going back to Bernanke, he admitted it once or twice that the Fed, besides full employment and price stability, does have as its unwritten third mandate the markets. And they don't want to blow them up. 
like even Bernanke quipped the other day, you know, about the economy, that expansions don't die of old age, they're murdered, uh, is what he said, and correctly so, and, you know, he's one of those that ought to know. So anyway, um, you know, the Fed is off of the table right now, that's a good thing, all else being equal. All right, Chris, let's talk about something that has been in the news for the past few days. That is the government shutdown. You and I haven't really dove into that because usually these government shutdowns are very short term. And you know what? I still believe that this government shutdown will be sorted out here sooner rather than later. But the fact of the matter is for investors, is this having any impact in your thoughts? Not very much yet. And it goes to show you that in the grand scheme of things, especially when this is far from the first time that both sides in Washington get in the pissing contest between one another and, you know, you shut the government down uh, in, in relative terms, that's small potatoes. When you're talking about the Fed, when you're talking about the trade war with China and so forth. I'm surprised that today, when you had the kerfuffle yesterday between Trump on the one side and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer on the other, uh, that uh, it, it ended with such acrimony that the market is taking that in stride today, and especially when the president, and I don't understand the politics of this at all, suggests that he may not even go to Davos, Switzerland at the end of the month if this shutdown thing isn't settled. Um, that's something that, that you know people don't, shouldn't want to hear if you were looking forward to him meeting with China's vice president, maybe pushing uh, the cause of uh, an end to this trade war a little further. So we'll see. I think that for a lot of reasons, including this uncertainty, that this sharp rally that we've had from the bottom is pretty much over with. It's ending uh, I, it, 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 pivotal level around 2600 on the S&P 500 maybe it'll go a little bit higher but then I think we're going to need to do some backing and filling and wait for some better news on that well the government shutdown would be nice if that ended which may be with the president taking unilateral action um, but more so China we, we need to see some progress there I think it's heartening that one of the comments out of China overnight for a country that never even wanted to acknowledge in the past that there was anything on their part as far as forced technology transfers, theft of intellectual property, and so forth, that now they at least semi-acknowledge that such things are issues that, that have to be settled. So that's another step in the right direction. So, Chris, regarding the U.S. equity markets, if this is as far as this recent run will go, which is only about two and a half weeks and only up to about 2,600, this downtrend, the channel that the markets are remaining in is very bearish looking. Technically, yes. And, and you're not going to repair the overall bearish technicals for the market until you get a sustained push above 2600 and one of the scenarios i laid out for my members the other day which is kind of a best case scenario if all of the news flow uh helps this cause is that you get later on this year into a new range between 2600 which would be the bottom of a new higher range and then maybe 2750 or 2800 on the upside but you know the market needs a lot of help for that this, uh, certainly uh, at the top of the list an end to this trade war with China. But between now and then, uh, we're going to see the market continue to consolidate. You're going to have, we're going to go, as one analyst said the other day, from rolling corrections in different sectors to now rolling bottoms being reached for different sectors. But it is uh, a constructive environment, as um, 
uh, Jeff Vinnick uh, said this morning and, and with his new plans. Now, I'm glad you brought up Jeff Vinnick because the real takeaway from what he had to say on CNBC is dealing with the return of value investing. So again, invest in selective stocks, selective sectors, and focus on value. Don't necessarily get sucked into high-flying stocks where some of the fundamental values just don't make sense. Can you take us through this strategy and theory? Well, I have said for a while, and it's been painfully slow to develop, though we're seeing more of it recently as the market settles out after that beating of the end of last year and I'm trying to find a bottom and, and where everything goes from there. But I've said for a long time, Corey, that we can go to this kind of a dull slog for the market averages themselves where the best that we see for the broad market is that it holds its own, more so probably trending somewhat downward. For the, for the foreseeable future, not a cataclysmic crash, but just a slow, dull ache where if for, the, for a change, unlike most of what has happened in the last 10 years, if you're a buy and hold investor in passive funds, you're going to be very unhappy. But where there is still enough economic growth, still enough corporate profits in the right places, and still enough value in individual companies where you can still make some money in that kind of a market environment. And in fact, it's a kind of a market environment for as long as it is sustained, Corey, that is conducive to value stocks doing better than the overall broad market is concerned. And that's why it was really fun this morning to listen to Jeff Vinnick. You know, once upon a time, he had a really hard act to follow. He followed a legend, Peter Lynch, as the portfolio manager of Fidelity's Magellan Fund, the most popular and the largest and best mutual fund of its era, by and large. And Vinnick uh, did extremely well himself afterwards, and a very similar philosophy and style, a value investor, bottom-up investor, one company, one story at a time, and only secondarily did he worry about the direction of the overall markets. Uh, more recently, of course, people know Vinnick as the uh, – owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he's has some other business interests over in the Tampa Bay area across the state from me. But after a hiatus of several years, he has said that, uh, I, I, to paraphrase what he said, the fire is still burning in his belly, and he sees a market environment that is developing that, once again, is going to be conducive to guys like him and like me, if I may say, who like to roll up their sleeves, look at companies and stories one at a time, and do traditional investing. Uh, he might be a bit more optimistic than I am of the long term. He thinks that the secular bull market that started at the low in March 2009 has another 10 years to go. I, that's debatable. But I think that for the near term, and maybe for the next couple or three years, we'll have kind of a plodding, slow, dull ache of a market as far as the major averages are concerned, but with still enough liquidity, still enough money, uh, and, and people now being forced because the passive game is over with, people being forced to shop as we all used to do for good companies at good prices. And I think that's a key distinction for as many people as there are out there saying that we're in for another 2008 collapse and a major recession right around the corner as if tomorrow or next week that could all happen. That's not what you or Jeff Vinnick is saying, right? There is still enough liquidity out there and there are still some good companies with a okay underlying economy that 
we could continue to be in an okay situation for investors as long as they are very selective. Uh, absolutely, Corey. Now, look, I'm always the first one to say another 2008 could happen tomorrow. It's the nature of the beast. It's, it's, it's what happens when you have a fractional reserve system that is over leveraged, stretched as far as, far as it can go, uh, incestuous relationships between financial institutions the world over, derivatives on top of derivatives on top of more derivatives, and a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So we don't know what could come out of left field tomorrow that would implode everything at least for a while until the central banks could catch it again. But you can't live day to day as if that is going to happen. Will it again someday? I have no doubt. Is it likely to happen in the near term from what I know right now? No. Uh, we're going to have a slow, dull ache. Um, we're not going to see any great shakes to the upside where, you you know, the passive game is going to come back. You close your eyes and throw it at the money. You throw your money at the fang stocks or much of anything, really, and expect to do well. You know, I, I said in the note that I sent to my members this morning that when you consider that since January 1, China has added more liquidity by both monetary and fiscal means than in any similar point in that country's history. And what has it gotten for it? Not very much. So when they've printed all of this money and engaged in all of this new fiscal tinkering over there, all it's done is to make a bad situation less bad and maybe one that where they will continue to muddle through rather than have a deflationary implosion. So muddle through, stagflation light, whatever you want to call it, is the highest percentage uh, environment, I think, going forward for the foreseeable future. And again, if, if, if you're going to throw money at the spiders or the triple Qs, you're going to be very unhappy in that environment. But if you hunt around for the individual stocks and sectors that are really cheap, they're going to continue to do well, uh, high dividend payers and stuff, there you'll make some money even if you don't in the broad market. All right. Food for thought for everybody listening. We covered a lot in this overall topic, but yeah, I think the real takeaway here is don't be necessarily expecting an overall collapse, but you need to be very selective right now and conserve your money put it into assets that you think could be good and make sure you still spread it out but don't get sucked into some short-term stories because it doesn't seem like that money is out there to flow into those ones anymore chris good chatting with you thanks again for your time have a great rest of your day